You've entered a world of pain, suffering, and misery. Welcome to Fear and Loathing on the Turntable. I'm your host, Matt Bergman, and for the next 38 to 69 minutes, we'll be asking this sad, carbon-based, sentient life form about some songs that they think are shitty. And tonight I have with me... Todd Weinberger. How you doing, Todd? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for showing up. Um, where are you from? Uh, I'm originally from Philly. Uh-huh. And, uh, I don't know, lived in Brooklyn the last 10 years. And, uh... Growing up, what was on in the house musically? Well, my parents, I guess they're kind of old school to music. They listen to some Barbra Streisand, anything kind of Jewish-Israeli spin. But I think my earliest memories, I think I might have been influenced by like the Mamas and the Papas and the Carpenters because I remember some of my first records being those bands and I think that was probably what my parents were listening to because I don't know why the heck I would have Now these were records that these you records bought. that I had. Yeah, my collection. I don't know if I bought them or if they were given to me. But So I would say maybe as I was growing up it was a little bit more of a Barbara Streisand um, Yanni type you know type that type of shit and then like uh, my father is huge doo-wop fan. Oh yeah? I've been going to doo-wop shows with him in uh, Jersey um so I take him for his birthday like the last few years nice and uh, it's hilarious because uh, it's the only concert I've ever been to where no one's has a phone like, <laughs> right they're not recording or, or it's or it's in their pocket yeah, they don't even have one they're just everyone's old like everyone's right. like fucking my father's 75 and you know this is like the, the you know four seasons of the rocket whatever the hell the the I can't remember these doo-wop bands but uh you know four most, tops four tops yeah. most of them are dead or they're like the surviving members of blankety blank right 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 and then there'd be someone's son filming in for the guy who's dead and it's almost it would like seeing this like seeing doo-wop live and so old it was almost like a family guy episode because they would say and now you know the surviving members of the four tops or whatever and there'd be spotlights on the stage and you'd wait one minute two minutes three minutes and you're realizing that they're trying these guys are walking up the stage to get on stage and the spotlight's on there everyone's clapping the clapping's died down and you're just waiting for them to slowly walk up to the stage up the steps and get to their microphone and it's like a slow clap it's so awkward but obviously not just for me because everyone there is fucking old and it's crazy, and then you have people in the front that want them, but they don't really turn, so they want, they have to turn around, they have to be directed to turn around to face different sections of the audience. It's really fucking good there. Anyway, so there was a lot of doo-wop. There was, you know, the wanderer, you know, wanderer, runaway, you know, all that kind of stuff uh, from my father's side. Um, but my mother being the dominant member of that relationship was more of listening, you know, in the house, like I said, the Streisand, that stuff that's more kind of Jewy oriented, but... Uh, what about Neil Diamond? There was a lot of Neil. There's Neil and Barry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Barry? Barry Manilow. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I mean... Who wrote all those jingles, too, right? Yeah, I mean, it's fucking brilliant. He wrote, like, uh, the Band-Aid song. Oh, yeah. I am stuck on Band-Aid, because Band-Aid stuck on Wow, I did not know that. Yeah. He wrote a lot of jingles. Wow. He probably made more money 
doing I, that. I mean, not the money he's probably making now in Vegas. What has he got, like, fucking five nights a week or some show? He's got, like, a 20-person... I saw him briefly when I was in Vegas last, and he must have had... The security around him was insane. And the guy looks... I mean, he has so much work done. He just looks like he's like a wax museum. Yeah, he's weird. So when you were buying, when you started buying records, what, what were some of the records you bought initially? Um, initially, uh, I would say Genesis. Um, now Genesis with Phil Collins or Genesis with? No, it was a mix. It's like a hybrid. Landlines down on Broadway. Oh, amazing. Um, of course, there's like Abacab. Yeah, um, that's a good one. Uh, Duke. Duke. Yeah. And then there was definitely a transition into like Invisible Touch. Uh, that was that. Invisible Touch was like the foot in the water, testing the waters, and then just pulling it back and never really, never really appreciating like New Genesis. And I remember I was like one of my first concerts. First time I think I smoked a joint was a uh, Genesis concert. Um, a lot of U2, Invisible Fire, um, Live at Red Rocks. Uh, Boy, War, um, Talking Heads, um, In Excess, no, 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 it's not even before that, um, Peter Gabriel, solo stuff, mm -hmm. uh, all those records, um, The Who, uh, Pink Floyd, um, Rush, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, what's going on with you now, musically? Musically, I'm really kind of, I get like stuck on certain bands and that's all I listen to. It's very fucking boring, but um, I started listening to this band Turnstile, which I heard about in Revolver, and um, right, right. I listened to them literally, that's all I would have on repeat um, all day. And I, you know, when I listen to music, it's usually commuting, walking around, whatever, but um, going to the gym and whatnot, but uh, it's only been like Turnstile recently I've been listening to Brutus but when I listen to something I listen to it non-stop 24-7 there's always the Deftones like I have my six top six Deftones songs that I listen to in like a separate mix that I play all the time um, at least I'm listening to the same three Deftones songs I think I've heard every day for the last 20 years what album? oh uh, it's White Pony and um oh Jesus Around the Fur yeah that's a good one well, no, it's like Kim Dracula, yeah. Kim Dracula, um, Digital Bath, which is a little newer, and then Shut Up and uh, Quiet and Drive Far Away. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's, my music taste is a little limited, but I just really like certain things, and I'll just play it to death. Yeah, you know, I'm similar. So recently it's like, like Brutus, Turnstile, Lexus on Fire, Deftones, and then I have, you know, then I dip into Tool, Perfect Circle, like I'll jump back and forth because of Faith No More a uh, band called La Dispute so like yeah so but but generally I've got a very small pool that I swim in okay you want to listen to some shitty music sure man go for it <laughs> alright first up here we got uh, got a little Barbara Streisand going back to your childhood great so uh, from the soundtrack Yentl Papa Can You Hear Me Very Jewy. Breathy vocals. <laughs> oh boy. I know, can I make it to the chorus? We should try. I just want to hear Papa and then I'll be, then I can. 
Or we drink every time. Oh, says Papa. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. <laughs> Papa, can you see me? Papa, can you find me in the night? Papa, can you hear me? <laughs> okay. Uh. All right, this, I don't know what year this was out. It was definitely the early 80s. But, um, and of course my mother will deny this completely, but I had to see Yentl under force of being grounded. <laughs> if I didn't go see Yentl, I would have been grounded, so I was forced to see Yentl, and hence the deep-rooted hate. Now, now, okay, deep-rooted hatred of Barbara Streisand, I do respect her talent. She is a great singer. Like, there's a lot of music I don't fucking like, and that's a lot, but... I can step, you know, step back and be like, you know what? I respect the Beatles. I respect what right. they do. Do I want to listen to the Beatles? No, I don't want to fucking listen to the Beatles. No, but you don't like the Beatles? I just don't like it, but I respect them as musicians. Right. You know, I will never play the Beatles, ever. Really? Never. I don't like Beatles, any of that stuff. And a lot of, like, my problem, my issues with classic rock, like, a lot of it is psychological. The classic rock was that I was, for a brief period of time, forgive me, it was in a fraternity. <laughs> and it was, like, a Jewish fraternity, <laughs> and so it was all, and this was, like, in the early 90s, so it was all classic rock. Like, right. there was all the Who, ACDC, the Stones, like, everyone fucking played that. And at the time, I had a friend who's a DJ at Penn, and she would get albums before they came out and tell me, you gotta listen to this fucking band. So of course she tells me like Pearl Jam, Smashing Pumpkins, Nirvana, mm -hmm. uh, Soundgarden, like before, like she got them before anyone even heard of them, because back then people listened to the radio. And so I was listening to that type of stuff, and you know, fuck, I saw the Pumpkins maybe in like 90, no, I saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers in maybe 92, 91, and we were just getting fucked up and pre-partying and we're like ah we don't care we don't need to see the opening band so we get to the Chili Peppers show right at the end of the last song of the opening band the Smashing Pumpkins Billy Corgan would just tune his fucking whatever tune his string till each one would break uh -huh. so I got like the last I got there the last break so I missed Pearl Jam opening for Smashing Pumpkins, opening for the Chili Peppers, because I never heard of Pearl Jam with Smashing Pumpkins. You didn't know what you were missing. No, yeah, I didn't right. know, because no one fucking heard of them then. I mean, I knew them like- And you like those bands now. Oh yeah, I mean, right. I, do I listen to them? No, I mean, I, I, I dip back into Smashing Pumpkins every once in a while, but you know, I, I'm not a Pearl Jam fan really anymore. Might be guilty pleasure, but I'm not ever gonna ever say like, hey, I need to listen to some Pearl Jam, you know? Right, got it. Soundgarden, totally. You know, Nirvana, totally, but not, yeah. Pearl Jam, less so. All right. Next up, let's see. Where should we go? How about some Eagles? Yeah. Fuck the Eagles, man. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't see the documentary or any of that other stuff. And I watched the documentary in order to hate them more. Oh, okay. And it's really about Don Henley and Glenn Fry. Fuck those guys. The Egos. Uh, yeah. That's what the band should be called, the Egos. The, oh, well, that's funny. I mean, the thing is, is like... I have a little bit of sympathy because I think if I was super fucking rich and famous and a household name and you reach, I feel you achieve a point of feeling of such a God complex that it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a borderline psychosis. Yes. Like the narcissism, the insecurities, the ego, the well, you know, it gets to a point where you're not actually sane. Right. <laughs> You know, any of these guys and like, yeah, of course they get into dumb shit. Like they drive a car when they're wasted and that's ridiculous. But like they're, they're reaching a level of, 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 of God feeling like they're a God and it's, you know, something like Justin Bieber, he's got to have like, he's, if he took some sort of psych evaluation, 
probably he's a fucking mess i think anybody you know any sort of like actor celebrity yeah. musician like there has to be something wrong with you to want to do that you know well yeah creative types are a little bit twisted too but then right. you get to the point where every fucking person in the country knows who you are and you're making millions of dollars and you got screaming fans and girls spreading their legs it's kind of like <laughs> right right but yeah let's play some uh let's play some hotel california i love it it takes me back fucking to hotel yeah. california the yeah. fucking eagles my problem with the Eagles is it's rock you can take a nap to. And there's something wrong with that. I mean, there's some... there's a, Yeah, but there's a couple songs that are kind of grooving a little bit. And I'm a big fan of Joe Walsh. I love Joe Walsh. But those other two guys, fuck them. All right, let's, let's listen to these okay. uh, fucking assholes. Okay, I'm not even going to make it to the first fucking opening bar. This is also one of those tunes that, for a lot of people, it's a frequency hate. We've just heard it too many fucking times. Yeah. I mean, it was also like, I think 86 is when I started listening to it. And I was kicked out of camp, so I think that probably has some, for underage drinking, that probably has something to do with it. <laughs> what, what kind of camp? A drama camp. Wow. You know, when you, yeah, talk, so I, when you talk to a Jew about camps, you got to be careful. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I think to redeem myself, I'm, I am the design director of Revolver and I was creative director of Inked, so that makes up for the being in a fraternity for a few years and yes. going to drama camp. Yes. Ugh. Yeah, you can stop it. I mean, I can. Do we have to listen to more of it? Up to you. I mean, it is a situation of overplaying yes absolutely that's like the problem I, have, you know, I know Led Zeppelin they're a fucking brilliant band like absolutely brilliant next level brilliant but I, I don't want to hear any like I never want to listen to Zeppelin ever you don't need to hear Stay Away to Heaven again I, I mean Stay Away to Heaven I just fucking isn't that on the that's uh, on my list yeah it's on the list I think it's on my hate list it's yeah. number three I think it's in there yeah you want to hear that next sure alright here we go Led Zeppelin Zeppelin 4 Stay Away to fucking Heaven I mean for me the first four notes, and I'm like, oh, come on. I, I feel like that, that my list might be a cliche list. I mean, it's a great song, but do we need to hear it again? And do we yeah, need that, to sit through fucking eight minutes of it or whatever the, the fuck problem. it is? Like, I never felt like I got to appreciate the Stones or Dylan or any of that stuff because it was played so much in my environment that I just got sick of it. Oh, yeah, there and was, like, that was the Allman Brothers for me. We had this guy, the Mike. The Allman Brothers, oh, God, yes, that's Steely Dan, Allman Brothers, like, I can't. We had this guy, Mike McClear, that we used to hang out with. Every time we hung out, it was Allman Brothers, Allman, and it took me a good decade to get back into the Allman Brothers. The Allman Brothers are a great band. Oh, yeah, of but, course. Like I said, all these musicians, I respect their abilities immensely, but when you get ingrained the fact you're just hanging out doing fucking bong hits in some guy's room, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. only playing Steely Dan, and it's like, oh my god, like, you know, I toured with the Grateful Dead for three months. Right. Like, I used to like the Dead. I respect their music, but you couldn't fucking pay me to listen to the Grateful Dead now. I, yeah, uh, similar. I, I, I was into the Dead, you know, when they had a resurgence in the 90s, late 80s. What was that? Touch of Grey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, was, they were playing that at WeWork the other day. And, and I would go to the shows, and it wasn't, it wasn't the music that put me off. It was the people. 
yeah, that yeah. went to the shows. Yeah, that'll drive you crazy. And I was like, oh, come on. You got to be kidding me with this. Yeah, I mean, when I went to Dead Shows in the early 90s, so it was just like a lot of LSD and just kind of back when I had hair and fucking London glasses and Birkenstocks and shit like that. Fortunately, to my defense, like I did find old journals when I was moving my shit out, getting rid of all my stuff, and I found old journals where I, really, I liked the Dead Milkmen, mm-hmm. and it was like, okay, cool, okay, whew. Like there was, I was like, thank God. Like I was like, okay. Something redeemable. There's something redeemable from this. I was like writing my journals about Dead Milkmen and about, you know, all these Philly bands. Um, And I was like, okay, good. Because I had bases, you know, going to college. I had my Australia phase, Midnight Oil, who, you know, uh, uh, sorry, Hoodoo Hoodoo Gurus, uh, you know, Crowded House and shit like that. And then, you know, I had like um, black metal, not black, not black metal, like I guess Afro metal, whatever you want to call it. Living Color, Psych Funkopus, Twenty Four Seven Spies, uh, like you right, know, right, right. had that phase, you know, and just had different phases within like a genre. All right, we can we can finish. <laughs> wow, it's you're good, tapping out good early. Back, on it's these. good back. I mean, do you want to hear a whole song? I don't know. No, we don't have to. I mean, you didn't ask me my favorite song, so it's not like. I remember. I went to, uh, I think I told you, I, I told you about this, I probably, in, in Seoul, Korea, the vinyl library that Hyundai yeah, has. Yeah. So Hyundai has a vinyl library of like every fucking vinyl you can imagine, broken down into categories and deca- decades and eras and genres. And it's all digital. And they have like 20 amazing turntables with headphones. And you go in there and it's in, in Seoul. And, and it's all like Korean kids listening to fucking music. And they, none of them grew up with vinyl. I was by far the oldest guy there by 20 years. And right, right. I started pulling records off the shelf like, like, uh, Pennywise and, and Peter Gabriel and like Phil Collins and Rush and Genesis and I just and I was with a friend of a friend an old a friend of an old intern of mine she was maybe a 22 year old a Korean girl and, and I just started crying <laughs> I was really? so overcome with emotion because I just moved left the country and this was right. my first stop and I'm sitting there at, like in Korea like pulling out records that I hadn't felt or touched or seen in so long, so I just lost it, and people were just looking at me because like there's no tattooed bearded guys, bald guys, and fucking. I feel Korea. like you posted something about uh, Phil Collins. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because in the air today. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah because I uh, we had a listening station for half an hour, and I totally missed my time slot, and I only had a chance to play one song, so I just was like, "Fuck it," I put on in the air tonight, and I'm just like listening to my headphones and, and I'm totally just getting into the moment and feeling nostalgia and stuff and then I was just the fucking drums and it was you know imagine like I'm in a very quiet kind of listening center library of vinyl very well designed you know open windows and there's I'm surrounded by young Korean kids listening to records and I just broke in the fucking boom 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 and right. it was just like poof, and I was fucking loving it it was so great. Everyone's looking at me. I'm crazy. I don't fucking care. Like, I look like an insane American. Like that was just the feeling I had at the time. It's like in addition to all the hate that I've been talking about, there's like this this love for things that you don't see for a while. Like I remember, yeah, fuck man, I had, yeah. I, I had a cassette collection that would rival many. And the only problem with my cassette collection was that I would go to camp and my mother would write my last name, Weinberger, on every fucking cassette. So in Sharpie, my, I have Weinberger on every fucking cassette I had, on the actual cassette. And that was kind of like my collection was kind was of there a, Was there a, a high theft of I don't know. I don't camp? know. Like, what, like, what maybe, was your mom Maybe thinking? she's just being a Jewish mom, you know, right, like right. whatever. And she, Was your name on your underwear with... with Most uh, likely I probably would have been. Yeah. Days of the week? I don't know about days of the week. Weinberger my name Monday. I think my name might have been on everything, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, but yeah. You need a refill? Uh, sure. Okay, guys, it was a little off. We're not on Route 35. 
Rose. Jackrabbit Road. Uh, yeah, we're not in uh, Pennsylvania. We're in West Virginia. West Virginia. They got some great looking steaks inside. And low and brown on top. That's going to be when you want the taste of a truly great beer. Let it be. back from a little break uh how about a little beyonce okay <laughs> i don't have any favorites it's just any of them yeah i picked a particularly annoying one this falls under uh psychologically yeah. irresponsible lyric writing Yeah, yeah, Teva. <laughs> I mean, it's it's this is a scenario where um, I respect Beyonce a lot. Like, uh, yeah, she can sing, but this is one of those ex-girlfriend things. Oh, really? So this is under like when I hear Beyonce, I think of my ex-girlfriend, and I don't have any animosity towards the, her. The most recent one. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but. Beyonce just kind of takes me back to a time in the beginning of our relationship where we were out dancing and clubbing and uh, you were out dancing and clubbing. Yeah, I was going to parties a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking 13 years ago. That's the only reason why I, I, I hate any Beyonce song. It's not like I don't right. like them or I don't like her music. It just takes me back to a place that I'd rather not visit again. All yeah. right. So let's see. There's another one that you hate before we get to stuff where, where it kind of redeems it. So okay. we've got Deftones. You like the Deftones. Love the Deftones. But there there might be one where... You know, no one cares. No one cares what these Americans think about the music, about the art. What do they know? I feel like we're missing something here. I'd rather smoke a cigarette and listen to bad jazz than this podcast. Because there would have been... Because there was top five worst songs. Right. We did three of them. Right. And I did... Uh... This is stupid. I mean, what's your guilty pleasure? Um... Jeez. It's probably... Like Rat. Round and Round. Yeah, but that sounds great, though. It's a great song, but... But yeah, I think Guilty Pleasure is almost I recognize it as kind of cheesy. Of course it is. I mean, Rat, Cinderella, any of that kind of stuff. Right. You know, it's just, and, and for me, it's like I miss it because living in South America for a couple months, they play... I, I do cross... Why am I involved? I have no idea. Please. We, we only have four songs for you of, of the hate. So... Really? The next, the most hated song is Gaspaccio. Gaspaccio. And I chose, there's two versions I have, but I think uh, the Justin Bieber. See, I didn't even know he sang it. I also have another, well, we can maybe listen to more than one, but let's hear this. Yeah, I didn't even know Justin Bieber sang it. So, like, the story behind the hate behind this, I lived in 
Buenos Aires for a month, Lima for a month, and Medellin for a month, and Barcelona for a month. And they fucking every goddamn bar plays Desposito. Everyone, like, you're just walking from bar to bar, and everyone's playing Desposito. And yeah, sure, I've had my moments of being completely intoxicated, and I'm sure I danced to it, but it got to the point where I just can't, like, I just... When you you travel to another country and you want to hear other music and then you realize that this is the, like the reggaeton, I fucking hate reggaeton. What's reggaeton? Reggaeton is just like this type of vibe. This beat too. Yeah, this, this beat. Yeah, and it's South America is just filled like reggaeton is just like yeah. it's. This it's, is the other beat that has dominated pop music. Yeah, it's lately, and I can't stand it. Either. Yeah, it kills me. Like, with, reggaeton. It's a great me. beat, but. They've just done it to death. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you don't know. Like, it's, it's like, when I say things I hate, it's like I can't even hear it. Right. And that's because, you know, like I said, when you go, you move to another country, you want to go out, you want to go to bars and clubs and kind of experience the nightlife of a country. And all of a sudden you're like, fuck, they're playing the same goddamn fucking reggaeton music. And especially right. Desposito is the anthem in South America. And it's just like, Oh, it's, really, it's just like I can't even I can't, I can't even hear it. I mean, God forbid I hear it in an American bar. It's like it's ridiculous. I mean, I think a lot, when I was in I was in Istanbul and walking by, there's like these Irish pubs and they're playing. You know, I was like, oh my God, they're playing fucking Rush. I was like, really? Wow. Really? Yeah, like an Irish pub in Istanbul. I'm like, okay, nice. I want to hang out here. Yeah. I mean, I mean fuck, it's, it's it's kind of hilarious. I think Rush and Faith No More are the two bands that have a 95% male audience. I think I met. I think more so with Rush. Rush, definitely. Well, I saw Faith and Warren. Okay, have you Brooklyn, been to a like, Rush show? Oh yeah, I mean, God, fuck it. It's a fucking like movie pictures test. tour. I, think. I I saw them. This is stupid. I remember the first Rush concert. I think it might have been Moving Pictures. I think '84, and mm -hmm. I went. I was supposed to go with this, uh, my best friend in high school, who fucked me over and uh, bailed last minute. So my father took me to the Rush show. Nice. So, of course, we were you know sitting someone was taking a bunch of lewds and like kind of OD'd or something freaked out and that was really kind of hilarious but disturbing at the same time when you're 13 and then Neil Peart drum solo comes on so my dad's got covering his ears <laughs> yeah, for 30 minutes like it was like no one like nobody does a fucking drum solo anymore and that's something right. that like it's it's magical like Neil Peart doing a fucking 30 minute drum solo live is it's, he's it's pretty like, amazing it's, yeah. yeah it's ridiculous yeah, and yeah. like uh it's really like, um, and that is my one of my favorite karaoke songs because you do a little Red Barchetta um, oh, nice. with Tom Sawyer, yeah. and you have a fucking guitar or a keyboard solo, right? For like six minutes, right. and right. it's awkward because you're karaoke, and everyone's just like, okay, and you're just like, <laughs> and everyone's just like sitting there watching you rock out. Because you know it's a fucking six minute no like no no one's singing and it's totally obnoxious right. but like yeah right. oh the song I hate Tracy Chapman fast car okay let's dial it up did I put that in there no oh I forgot about that all right so the story behind Tracy Chapman fast car fucking hated the song so much and this was in 1990 I was a freshman in college 89 90. And I would always go to the cafeteria, whatever they would go. There was like a dorm, like a, uh, a dorm campus restaurant, whatever. And they had a jukebox. So, uh, so the Trace Chapman fast car story is because uh, lived in, uh, in college and dormitory and went to, they had like a little cafe 
uh, and they had a jukebox. So I would, in my classic obnoxious stage that I was in, I would always, whenever I left the, the little restaurant, I would put on Tracy Chapman Fast Car in the jukebox like five times and walk out. Every time. I almost just spit whiskey. Yeah, that was hilarious. And they would would have to (laughs) unplug the jukebox after a while because I would do it every fucking day because I knew that that would be so annoying. I mean, maybe just to me, but just putting on that song five times every day when I would leave was just just magical because I do hate it so much. You're the fast car. Oh, God. Which actually reminds me, it's ra- totally random, but I was go- when I was going through my journals, I was obsessed with David and David. The hell's that? Welcome to the Boomtown was their big hit. In the I fucking don't know 80s. That. Dave and David was like obviously two guys in the band, but they had, like, I was obsessed with their music. Uh, Welcome to the Boomtown. And my, I don't even know, it must have been the early 80s. Uh, but yeah, going through journals and seeing the music I list- used to listen to was really pleasantly surprising. Because I forgot about a lot of it. Like, I saw sketches for designs I wanted to do with Perfect Circle songs mm-hmm. from 20, uh, 15 years ago. Like, it's right. crazy. Nice. Anyways. All right, little Tracy Chapman. Yeah, bring it. Fast car coming up. Here we go. I don't know this one, I don't think. Maybe I do. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, I know this one. Yeah, I mean, right there, you, you had me at those chords. So, yeah, imagine this over and over again and I would be gone and I'd be gone I'd be like okay five times peace out that's called uh, pulling the pin yeah you know for a slow delay grenade yeah 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 I mean it's it's, it's better if you do it like you're leaving your friend at the bar and go hope that rape charge clears up yeah you know but Tracy, Tracy Chapman has some redeemable qualities. I mean, yeah, she of can course. sing, she can write yes, a song. Yes, respe- I respect her music, but I just hate the fucking song. Cause you heard it too many times, or like I don't know why it never... just resonated. I don't know why. I actually don't know the roots of the hatred, but I remember that it came out the same. The same. I hate it the same year. Right. Like enough to like I said, do this every day. Okay, Bush was kind of a great rock band from the 90s, and Live was a very much, I think, more commercially successful band, but they didn't have as many hits. Okay. We can, okay <laughs> I can't believe I made it that long, but, like, fuck. Yeah, music is, is a really funny thing because I would say in my history of working in magazines... You know, no one cares. Let's see. Your, your trauma hate... Yeah was sex tape. Yeah. Let's give that a listen. By the Deftones. Yeah, I mean, this I love like... this band, and this is a recent discovery for me. Really? Like when I started working at Revolver, I was like, I should I should listen to the Deftones. I mean, they're my and favorite I, band. And, and I bought Around the Fur, and I was just blown away. Yeah, I mean, it's... That's a great album start to finish. Yeah, it's really... And, and like, for me, I was such a fucking fan. And But then this song is probably one of their more most romantic songs. And I had it locked in with memories of my ex. And then when I hear it, it kind of takes me back to that place. And I'm like, ah, I don't want to revisit it. Oh, 
It's a great fucking song. I mean, I love every Deftone song. I mean, it's really... I'm glad you kind of jumped on the bandwagon. Oh, yeah. Like, working at Revolver, I've definitely... It, it re-sparked my interest in metal music, and I found some really cool bands like the Deftones, High on Fire, I got into. Yeah. Um, Code Orange. Those guys are great. I was not even a Judas Priest fucking fan, and then we did the Rob Halford cover. I started listening to Priest, and I was just like, holy shit. I've always loved Priest, and I've been a big Priest fan like when they were proto-metal, before they actually... You know, before they actually got popular with all that, like, uh, breaking the law and all that stuff. Like, the stuff before that is amazing. Oh, okay. We're going to be done with this. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I hate to ring the bell on a Deftone song, but, man, yep. it's like, it's, uh, God, it's like, you're, it's, it's really strange because I have a little bit of a buzz now and, like, you're pulling up all, like, you're pulling up everything I fucking hate. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's, it's, like, which is why I like to end it with a song that you love. So next up, we got Slipknot, uh, Left Behind. Oh, yeah. So I'm interested to... It's funny what what some people bring in as a guilty pleasure. I had a guy come in, and he brought in Limp Bizkit, Roland. Oh, shit. And I hate Limp Bizkit, but when we were listening to it, I was like, this doesn't suck. I mean, that's a guilty pleasure, definitely. I mean, for me, it depends on your definition of guilty pleasure. Like, I, you know, it's, I think it's music that you don't publicly tell people that you right. listen to, but exactly. um, you have a soft spot for. I mean, this fucking Corey's voice is amazing. I remember when I went to New York, my first New York City tattoo convention, saw a girl that had like seven of the nine masks tattooed on her back her whole back was like all the slipknot masks really it's fucking crazy yeah that is insane i wonder how much she regrets that now well i mean she might still be diehard slipknot fan i kind of lost a little respect for Corey when he was crying on his la inc show but i know that the tattoo had a special meaning to him but like he was crying like a baby (laughs) (laughs) is that the kat von d show yeah but i mean his voice is amazing I mean, you have to get, you know, it's one of the things, a guilty pleasure. Right, right. Yeah, I don't hate this. Like, in the privacy of my own home, I'll rock out to it, but... You won't tell people about it. I won't it. tell people, yeah, I love Slipknot. <laughs> well, you don't love Slipknot. You like this song. No, no, I like... I, like, this is the song, is, is my, my favorite song, but... You actually like this band. Yeah, I like Slipknot. Yeah, they're my, okay. the Slipknot is my guilty pleasure, but this song is, like, the most iconic of the song. Right, right. Like, there's that whole brand of, like, new metal, not not Slipknot, but like, you got, like, Disturbed and Drowning Pool, like, the shit that, like, Marines listen to when they're about to go into battle. Right. <laughs> you know, like, the fucking Drowning Pool, like, put the bodies on the floor, put the body, you know, it's right, right, fucking right, right. Disturbed and Stained and all that shit, Creed, like, there's that genre of metal that I just always picture fucking troops in Afghanistan, like, going in their tanks and, like, cranking out. Like, much, you know, I used much to... Much like, you know, uh, Duval in Apocalypse Now, but instead of, like, a right, Valkyrie right, right, song, right. like, it's like, you know, they're playing Disturbed. I used to feel that way about Pantera. I used to feel like it's just tough guy rock, it has no depth, and no, then Pantera I actually is... started listening to it, and I'm like, no, and it was an article in Revolver by... We interviewed Reba. 
from uh, Code Orange. Yeah. And she talked about the same feelings that she had. Yeah, I mean, about, for like, me... Yeah, they were tough guy. And, but, Pantera, for me, was always... Like, a, some of the songs, like, Walk and New Level, like, right. I felt, spoke to me in terms of, like, being the little guy. Like, when I would go lift weights when I was younger, like, I would, like, listen to that type of music because it's all about little guy being strong and, like, being powerful. Right, and, right, right. You know, and that's kind of the pump-up fucking psych-up music, you know? You're like, fuck yeah, man, you know? You get- yeah. And they sort of, when they got Phil on vocals... They kind of ushered in a new era of metal. You know, yeah. it, it went back to... Because Pantera before that was kind of... They had that sort of operatic, uh, ridiculous vocals, you know? Uh, I cannot attest to that. They, they don't oh, no, I, want I, people I, to listen to that anymore, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's over. Oh, it's over. Okay. So, so, love. Yeah. Your final song is "Digital Bath." Yeah. By the Deftones. Yep. I mean, I kind of have a trifecta. It's more like Kim Dracula, "Digital Bath," and yeah. But this, what uh, what album is this? I should know this. This is on White Pony. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know, man. This song brings out emotion in me that I have no other song does. I don't know why. I remember I've listened to it. Every country that I have lived in, I've lived in 13 countries the past year and a half, and when I get there, I play the song when I'm walking through a country and it's all new and it's foreign, whether I'm walking through a market in Seoul or like a fucking village in Chiang Mai. You just put it on earbuds. and Yeah, and I just listen to it, and it just kind of takes me to... It's really weird. Uh, this is an obscure reference, but when I used to listen to this, when I was I would take it on the subway into work every day into New York from Park Slope, and there was a comic book called Rom back in the day. He was this silver kind of knight that would fight these wraiths, and he had this kind of uh, beam that would show uh, normal people that look like they're wraiths, so they're like bad people. So I would always imagine myself as Rom. Mm-hmm. And this comic book character, like, flying around the galaxy, like, sp- I think a lot of it was channeling emotions of dealing with people that were fake and full of shit and seeing, right. like, the truth self. And it was like... Which, which you've seen in every country that you've yeah, been Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. More so, I think, in America, obviously, but... Yeah. You know, I think this song is just so powerful to me emotionally. Like, every single chord and vocal it's just fucking amazing I saw, I've seen them live and the last time I saw them live was in Buenos Aires and I, when I heard the song I just, I just died I fucking melted it was crazy it's good it's good and it's not you know your normal Deftones kind of song it's really soft yeah and from my understanding of it it's really about um, helping a woman like kill herself really goes in the bathtub and kills herself and it's about being in love, and I actually, I, I'm probably incorrectly defining the song. I'm just, I know moments of it, but uh, just everything. It's just like this, this, like this, these riffs, like give me, I get goosebumps. I yeah, hear. yeah. Like I hear, I get goosebumps from three fucking songs, and only those three Deftones songs. Nice. And I rock out to this every day. Nice. And I do air drums and everything. <laughs> I don't care if people look at me, especially in Serbia, like they just cross the fucking street. People right. see me walking down, some American wearing black, just fucking air drumming. 
Especially this moment coming up right here. It's like this big, the big fucking wind up. And I just, I go crazy every time I hear this. It's like the slow build. I love his vocals. Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so, it's such a powerful pick-me-up. Yeah, it's a big song. It drops really down, and then it goes really up. And right. you just kind of like, ah. Oh. It just kind of, it takes me to a place of love. Nice. Of really good spirituality. And I just, it just, and then it kind of hits these chords. These cho I don't know what it is, but something about the music, these, the, the, the notes that resonate with me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. And the drums are really simple, but they're very powerful to me. Yeah, and, and this is one of those bands, they've been sort of dubbed as new metal, but I think they're, yeah, what they're they do is yeah. beyond metal. Yeah. Like, I've never, I've always been against tattoos based off songs and bands and lyrics, but I will get a tattoo, a digital bath tattoo at yeah. some point. Yeah. Okay. Might just be a toaster. Mm -hmm, I don't mm -hmm. know, a bathtub, I don't know. Do you have any band tattoos? No. You're pretty no. heavily tattooed, though. Yeah, but none of them are music-inspired. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't ding the song. I could hear it over and over again. That's a good one. I think we're good. Cool. Did you have fun, Todd? Yeah, man. Cool. I did. Awesome. Could not have found a better way to spend an afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Todd. Thanks for coming in. Of course. Anytime. Oh, God. Well, there you have it, kids. Episode 8. Took us a while to get around to this one. I would apologize, but the fact is, I'm not sorry. Shit happens. My computer shit the bed. Again! I got sick with West Nile swine flu mad cow AIDS virus. My car was firebombed! Locust! Raining blood! Slayer came over and beat me up for fun! But it's all good, man. I'd like to thank my guest, Mr. Todd Weinberger. Todd is an amazing art director and graphic artist. You can see his work at toddweinberger.com. Todd and I both work at Revolver Magazine. Go to revolvermag.com and check it out. He makes it pretty, I make it work. Lastly, I'd like to dedicate this episode to Mr. Neil Peart, who left his mortal coil too soon this year. We miss you, buddy. You will always be in our hearts and minds, and thank you for your years of service. And remember, kids, for as long as there's been music, most of it's been terrible. Just terrible. <laughs>